So we begin in gratitude, deeply grateful, deeply thankful that the love of God is shining in our awareness. Deeply grateful, deeply thankful that love is all that there is. Love is all that we are. Love is the answer to every question. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the power and the presence of love, that perfect union with the higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful and thankful to bring forth a healing in our own mind. This is what we're dedicating our time together to, having a group healing. We're broadcasting the benefits and sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We dedicate ourselves to the freedom in our mind and revealing it so clearly. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So, uh, one of the things that uh, I, I like to do in our year two classes is to expand our prayer uh, understanding because it's so helpful and so powerful. So, uh, we're going to piggyback on the year one classes that are the prayer power classes, and we're going to have our own prayer power part two classes here. And one of the things that I've found in the past is that people will hear things as if for the first time. And so that's a great thing. And, um, uh, one of the things that I did last night in class, I'm going to do tonight. So for those of you who were there, like Paula, uh, you'll, you'll be getting somewhat of a repeat. But I have to say that I, in all my years of doing this work as a spiritual student, I have found that going over and over the same things has been extremely beneficial to me. And that uh, as I let go of the blocks to love, I have more clarity every time I go over things, which is why I really love doing what I do. So this is my 10th year of offering Masterful Living, and I, I have yet to become bored ever by any of the material of the class or my experience of it. It's always interesting to me. It's always um uplifting, inspiring, and thrilling. And I think that's that's because we're sharing the truth. And the truth is our liberation. And so I feel more liberated. And uh I'm I'm so grateful for that. So uh how many of you I'd just like to see by a show of hands, how many of you are uh have been listening to the prayer power classes from year one. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Very good. Um, and I also would like to uh, share something. And uh, I, it's about 
self-forgiveness and having a, a walk, a path of self-forgiveness. I, I was just talking with the spiritual counselors in training in the certification program. Everything is about love. Everything. Everything, everything, everything. We think that it's not, you know, we think it's about um, whether these eggs are better than these eggs or uh, is organic better. You know, it's just we we think it's about all these things, but it's not. It's just about being in the flow of love. It's about our mind being so free of dirt and sediment and uh, everything that's false our mind is so free we're living heaven on earth and this is our destiny of course miracles truly tells us that we're all going to get there in the end there's no question of that it's just a matter of time how long would we like to take to get there and A Course in Miracles, the workbook itself and the textbook, these tools are to help us save time. Time spent in not having a good time. (laughs) And that's what we'd all like to do. We'd like to stop having a not good time and always be having a good time. And we can get there. We can truly get there. Um... I remember a year ago, Christmas, my sister-in-law was um, seeming to be agitated, and I was staying with them at the time. And uh, so I went to her and I said, I feel like you're upset with me or something's bothering you, and i just like to see if there's anything I can do to, to resolve it. And she said, you know, Jennifer, it's just, it's just several adults living in the same house. It's just, uh, me getting tweaked by things. It's just that. It really is just that. And I said, well, you know, I'm always happy to talk about anything. It does, it doesn't bother me or threaten me in any way. And, um, just so you know, uh, I don't feel bothered by anything that's going on. It's all good to me. None of it bothers me. She looked at me like, how could that be? How could that be? And um, and it's not that I never get irritated or tweaked. You know, it's believe me, it's not that. But I just, like, I feel it, and then I'm like, meh, okay. Um, I notice it, and then... Yeah, that's not, is that something I would like to invest my energy in? No, no, I, I'm really clear about that. No. Uh, and those attachments have fallen away. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And I, I, I worked very diligently to unhook, unhook, unhook those things by giving them to the spirit for healing. And, uh, I was thinking earlier this morning, about people who have had really difficult times with their children and uh, that there was a lot of 
regret, a lot of self-forgiveness called for. And the fastest way I know is to have that prayer at the end of chapter 5 where we give everything to the Holy Spirit who will undo all the consequences of our wrong decisions. It's so important for each one of us to prove that to ourselves. So you may have heard me tell the story of when uh, I was having a difficult time with my father around the time of my mother's death. And I was feeling really agitated. He was really... Uh, I felt really annoyed by him. And, of course, I had the awareness to know it was not what he was doing. It was my thoughts about what he was doing. And um, and I, I don't need to tell the story again, but it's the, the, I was just getting triggered left and right. And it really was catching me off guard. And, uh, and so I got really tweaked, and I, I went and I to a place uh, uh, where there's a granite quarry near my parents' house, and and I laid down on the ground in the snow. I think you've all heard me tell that story. And uh, and I called to the company of heaven to take whatever it was that was bothering me, because I didn't know what it was, and and remove it. I was done with it, and I was not. And I made the declaration, laying there in the snow that I was not going to, I was not going to get up until I knew I had a healing. I was clear. I was not going to get up until I had a healing. Now, did I have a doubt in the back of my mind that I might be laying there late at night and say, you know, well, I guess that didn't work and I'm going home uh, without my healing. Did I have that little niggly thought in the back of my mind? Yeah, it was there, but I did not take it out and put it here in front of me. I let it be back there. Get thee behind me. And so uh, I laid there and I prayed to release whatever it was that was the cause of my feeling so irked by my father so frequently. And Make no mistake, he was so stressed out, he was unreasonable a lot of the time. He was uh, going this way and that way and every which way, and, and, it, and, and the energetics around it was very intense. I um, am so connected to my father, that was really challenging for me. And um, there were just so many things going on with all the energetics of my mom making her transition. <clears throat> so in my experience of healing, what I saw, what I, I was gifted with was I was able to see in my mind's eye this arc of um, my, myself in this lifetime, Jennifer, at all ages, like this arc of you know, one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, uh, all the way to whatever, 20. And 
the many, many, many times, a thousand times that my father tried to control me, to manipulate me, to bend me to his will. And I didn't like it and I refused and it created a storm of activity between us and yelling and I hate you and, uh, you know, I just slamming of doors and my mouth getting washed out with soap and um, just fighting and yelling and my father becoming so angry that he would break my things to, you know, to keep from hitting me. And um, my mom would then come after me and say, look what you've done to your father. He's a peaceful man. Look what you've done to him. What's wrong with you? You know, and uh, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just saw all the evidence of it. I needed help. I needed help. I didn't know what to do. I just, you know, was making, always making the conclusion that there's something just wrong with me. I can't help it. Um, I didn't understand that I was being so triggered by his trying to control me and that in this lifetime, uh, I, I can't have an outside authority. I just can't. There's the inner authority. God is my authority. And of course, back then, my ego was my authority, but I, I just couldn't have an outside authority. I couldn't do it. Uh, it's not, it's not my thing. I, I can easily step in line when I agree, but if I don't agree, it's not going to happen. Nobody can make me. So, Everything has a, 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 a purpose. Everything serves God, including that. So I was learning to have a very strong will so that now people can't manipulate me. They really, they'd be hard pressed to manipulate me. They really would. They'd have to really have to be super, super clever uh, that I wouldn't feel it. So that's a good thing. It's all a good thing. In that moment, I realized I saw all these Jennifer's at all these ages and all the times that I had vowed to retaliate against my father and get my revenge. I had vowed to uh, never, never forget, always remember, never forget and always remember. And I will have my revenge. And so what they showed me as I laid there in the snow that dusk as the sun was going down uh, was that uh, now it was so clear I could get my revenge on my father because he was so weak. He was so addled in his mind that now was my opportunity to seek my revenge. But I had an inner conflict because I didn't want any revenge. I wanted to be able to love my father and extend compassion to him and not take issue with anything that was going on, but I was getting triggered. And I didn't even un understand consciously until that moment when I asked. Asking is so important. I asked for it to be healed. And I often have, I've learned to say, if there's anything I must look at <clears throat> in order to really let this go fully and completely now, show it to me, make it plain. Part of my prayer of healing. 
I'm willing to take responsibility. I'm willing to look at whatever it is. I'm willing to own my choices from the past and learn from them because I don't fear that anymore. I know that's helpful because, and I don't fear it because I'm not judging myself. No matter how unkind I was, no matter how ugly I was, I can own it now. I can own it. And I've learned that's the way out. Okay, that's what happened. Now let's move forward in love. So being able to own it, take responsibility for it is part of moving forward in love. I know that. That's a fact. And I know it. I don't doubt it. I've proved it. I rely upon it. And, uh, and so I feel safe traveling in the world, in life, in my relationships, because I also know that even if I were to make an unkind, sarcastic remark, which I, I don't really do anymore, but if I did, I could own it and get right back on track and not judge myself for having been um, whatever a minute ago, <clears throat> an hour ago, a day ago. So what I did in that moment was uh, having that realization that there were all these vows that I had made, <clears throat> solemn vows. I will get my revenge. I will make you pay. I will never forget this. I will always remember this. I made those vows a thousand times. So I had to be the one to say, I don't need that anymore. I don't need that. And so I, I, I asked all those Jennifers and all the, the ones who made those vows, those aspects of my identity that made those vows, I said, Here, here's what I know. What you would like more than anything is to be in the free flow of love with your father. You can have that, but you can't have these vows and have the free flow of love. You have to choose. So I know what you'd like, and I can get you what you'd like, but you have to give me the vows. You have to surrender the vows and let them go. And, and I will gather them up, which I did. And just mentally, I just gathered them all together. And I, I, I put them into the earth. I gave them to the angels, to the masters. And I said, these are not needed anymore. I'm done with that. It's not who I am. It's not what I'd like. I'm only interested in that free flow of love and compassion. And then I went home, and um, when I left, I was very agitated. When I went back, and we had some friends staying there, and um, I knew that they liked to play Scrabble. So I said, and I love to play Scrabble too. I like to play board games. And so I said, would anybody like to play Scrabble? And my father said, I would. I like to play Scrabble. Now, I, I can't ever remember my father before or since playing Scrabble with me. But he played Scrabble. And maybe it was just the two of us uh, playing Scrabble. Or maybe it was the four of us. I don't recall right now. But then uh, when I went to bed that night, I said to the angels, to the heavens, uh, I know that there's been a healing. I know that. I'm very clear about that. But I'd like to know that my father knows it too. That's, that's what I would like. And, and I think it's so important to say what we'd like without attachment. 
I don't need it. It's what I'd like. So I went to bed with that prayer request. And I woke up in the morning. I went into the kitchen to put on the water for tea. My dad was making his coffee. And he said, Jennifer, I just want you to know that the problems that we've been having, they're over. They're done. And they're not going to happen anymore. That's the past. And I said, I know it to be true, Dad. I'm absolutely certain of it. I know you're right. So there couldn't have been any more direct, clear message. There couldn't have been. That was as clear as it could possibly ever be. And and that was it. That was it. It was over. It was done. And it never recurred. And um, that kind of healing is possible for all of us. So let's break down the components of it because I'm not a magical person. I'm a mystical person, but what is a mystical person? Can anybody define mystic? And don't worry about getting it wrong, but if you have a sense of what a mystic is. Jeannie? Um, Is it someone who has, like, direct revelation from God, so direct connections, experience? Yeah, that's exactly what a mystic is. So I'm a mystical person. Lori, did you want to share something? How about Carolyn Mays? Would she be a mystic? Her intuitive? Uh, Based on what she says, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyone can be a mystic. Anyone. When we're in tune with the infinite, when we're, and we don't have to be in tune all the time. I'm not in tune all the time which is why I have a spiritual practice to, you know, keep me tuned up. Um, It's why I love doing this work because I'm praying all the time and talking about God all the time. And and it's a constant connection, always taking me back to my home base. If I start getting caught up in, in other things, because it's, it's, uh, It's certainly possible to get distracted. And uh, I have to say, it is a wonderful thing. It has been for me to be consistent and have a spiritual practice, even if it's a small thing like um, doing a serenity prayer, you know, the AA prayer, every day before you go to sleep. You do that. Even if that's all your spiritual practice is, that that you do that no matter what. Having a spiritual practice of any kind, really, that you do no matter what. Building that discipline. The discipline of the disciple. It, uh, it strengthens your uh, sense of yourself and who you are. It really does. It's a great way to eliminate the thought that you're, you're not enough, is being able to be consistent. So if you look at the characteristics of God's teachers in the manual for teachers, you'll notice that the second characteristic of God's teachers, after trust, 
The second one is honesty. And if you read what it says there, honesty is in its essence. Jesus says, it's when you're honest, you're consistent. Consistently loving, consistently practicing these teachings, and your behavior is consistent. Remember that all conflict, as it says in the fear and conflict section in chapter 2, all conflict comes from saying you want one thing, but choosing another. Saying you want peace, you want love, you want happiness, but you make choices that aren't going to bring you peace or love or happiness. There's a conflict there in your mind. You say you want the peace and the love, but you're not choosing it. So do you actually want it? Do you actually desire it? Prayer flattens out all those. It smooths the rough edges of our mind. Because nobody goes into prayer who doesn't have a desire to know God. At least not in, in, in the way that we're working with prayer because our prayers are not begging, beseeching prayers. Our prayers are affirmative, declarative prayers. So we are praying from the standpoint that we are powerful beings and our word is the word of God. Our word is the word of God because we're one with God. Our word is the word of God. So we're starting from that place. So we're not coming from a place of separation. Uh, so I'm going to pause there. Does anybody wish to share anything um, about any of this? Lori? Well, I'm glad that this is uh, the conversation that we're having. I have been in a place this last week that I'm just not enough and I just can't get it right. And I've been reading A Course of Miracles. I'm on like chapter nine and 10 and it's just so deep and it, I just can't get, I just can't get through the, the worry about, you know, I mean, my old habits, you know, just still, still have those old habits of self doubt, self hatred, um, uh, you know, it, it just seems like um, I'm having st a struggle when I'm around people uh, being like um, the other night we were Bible study and um, I uh, said the word shit. And this woman looked at me so surprised and I have, was just quoting somebody and um and I worry it, it that just made my self-esteem and my doubt go down. Like, like, is she going to like me anymore? Is she going to think I'm a good person? And so, but this is issues that have been haunting me for, you know, forever. And so um, I've been working on this whole thing that you're talking about manifesting. How do you, how do you manifest new and not keep going back into that old thought, into the old patterns that, that I've had in the past. Because it, it, I tend to withdraw. You know, I will totally withdraw from society when I start getting this uh, 
conversation in my head, I start thinking, boy, if I don't, if I'm not around people, then I won't make those mistakes. And anyway, and then, and then the ego just takes over. So that would let you know where I'm at. Yeah, you know, that's a, so let's see by a show of hands here. Who can relate? So let me just say, can you see all that, Laurie? <laughs> so where you at is the right place. Okay. Because you're with us. Yes. Yeah. I and I just, I just, I want to have what you described. It's like, I want to have that. And, uh, I, and I feel like when I, I can keep on the spiritual path, keep on the spiritual path consistently. And all of a sudden when judgment comes in, so I had a circumstance last week, started to really judge it, started to really judge the person. And for some reason it was almost like the pain train, getting back on the pain train, falling off of that pattern of thinking positive and just, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, the self doubt kicked in and, and started to just be like the domino effect. Yeah. So that's the thing. As soon as you go into uh, judgment of others, here comes the self-doubt. And it's, it's, um, it's simply this. It really is simply this. If uh, imagine that I'm in, my judgments are a cloud of black smoke, okay? Dark, dark, dense smoke. And I'm judging and I'm emitting this cloud of black smoke. It looks, in my mind, I might be thinking, oh, I'm sending these attack thoughts out. But I'm now sitting in the cloud of black smoke, breathing it. So on some level, don't I have to think, even if it's not conscious, don't I have to think this is this this I'm now breathing this cloud of black smoke. That's not very smart. I'm not very intelligent. I, I, I'm, I'm not very wise. I'm hurting myself. I'm standing in my own way. I can't see anything now because all I see is this black smoke. I'm breathing the black smoke. I'm sitting in the black smoke. It doesn't smell good. And it's affecting me. And I did it to myself. There's the self-doubt. It may look like something else. It may look like I don't feel comfortable applying for a job. I don't feel comfortable um, going on a date with someone. I don't feel comfortable speaking up in class. It may look like those things, but it all stems from this thought that, why am I doing this to myself? I must be an idiot. It's, it, it, even if that thought isn't there in any way, shape, or form, there's just this, we're now in this black smoke when we're emitting the judgment. So that's the thing. That's why... Um, it's the, the attacker always feels attacked. The judger always feels judged. And the lover always feels beloved. Why? Because it's what we're vibrating at and sending out. And so um, when we are sending attack thoughts out into the world, 
we're going to make the natural assumption. We're going to draw the natural conclusion that others are doing the same and therefore the world is not safe. But we're the ones who are generating an unsafe world. We're the ones who are doing that. But it, but I um, worked with my prayer partner and we did the, um, the letter with the, uh, uh, you know, uh, forgiveness letter. And um, it was beautiful. And I gave that whole thing up. I just totally gave that whole thing up. And yet the next thing happened. I'm going to have some background noise. Um, but, but then the next thing happened, but it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with that anymore. And then the next thing happened, and it was totally that swearing in front of this friend, and then I felt like she wasn't going to like me, and then, and then this other friend that we're going to go somewhere on Saturday, and this friend said, I can't go, I have to work. And then this gal said, but if, she, and then she says, but if, if so-and-so goes, I will definitely go. But I walked away thinking, she doesn't want to just go with me. What am I doing wrong that she doesn't want to go with? So that's kind of where I went to. So it's like, gosh, dang it, why am I doing this? And how do I get yeah. out? Yeah, that's the thing is the, the judgment, it's like a ping pong ball. It just keeps pinging back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So the, the thing is to, to recognize that these subsequent experiences that you've had are opportunities to choose again just it may look like a totally different circumstance but it, it it's not it's just an opportunity to choose again so that that was one of the key things that i realized is don't look back anymore just choose the best choice you can right now and if you realize, oh, I made an error back there just a minute ago, I made an error ago, just a day ago, a year ago, a week ago, I made an error back there. Let me harvest the wisdom from it now. Let me not judge myself or anyone else now so I can harvest the learning. I don't have to repeat it anymore. And that's how we start saving time by the decade. Yeah, that's what I've been uh upset about that it's reoccurring it's like oh my gosh come on get over this and then the more right. i do well, the more yeah okay. yeah so that, i'm glad you're bringing that up because that's what everybody does until they're done with it so you're it's bothering you so much you're almost done with it yes okay Can't yeah wait. yeah i mean when i really said i'm putting the pedal to the metal here i'm doing this Mother, Father, God, I am doing this. You know, I really was, I am all in for love. I am all in. And I started to realize that I was just constantly judging. Pick, 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 pick. Just every five seconds, another judgment, another judgment, another judgment, another judgment. Whew, it was dizzying. And the temptation was to say, I'm failing, I'm failing. But I just, I, that, felt horrible when I went to that place. So I just said, nope, I'm succeeding. I'm succeeding. I'm succeeding in becoming more aware. Because I don't want these judgments to be hidden. I'd like to see them and know them and feel them and be aware of them so I can choose again. And I, I, uh, 
I love Thomas Alva Edison and uh, his his response when he was looking for the perfect filament for the electric light bulb and uh, he someone said to him oh Tom you have been trying for years you've tried thousands of things and you just keep failing how does it feel to have failed so many times and he said but I haven't failed I have successfully eliminated thousands of things that won't work as the filament I'm succeeding at eliminating those things you see it's just a switch of the mind so and and that's very very important and meaningful so we're in the habit of looking at things in a particular perspective and the fastest path to our awakening is to day in and day out ask the Holy Spirit to help us shift our perspective not managing anything in form anymore let's stop all of that I call you know I call that pushing density we're working in the invisible and we are giving the heavy lifting away so but we're being clear about what we'd like so if we um, Like, I just find that living uh, off and on here with my brother and sister-in-law, there are many times when uh, they insist on being right about things. And I'm like, okay, fine, yeah, yep. I see your point of view, you know, I get it. And you're right, I, I mean, whatevs. <laughs> and, and then later it's revealed that actually, Oh no, Jennifer was had the, the the more clarity and and understood it and and um and I see the opportunity to go back and say uh hey, by the way, can we all just acknowledge now that I was right and you were not right? I was right. I was the one who was right and you kind of, you know, wrote, beat me up a little bit about my perspective on it and how wrong I was and I was like, okay, I don't need to uh, win it, any prizes here. I'm, as long as everybody's happy, we're moving forward in love. I'm good to go. And uh, but actually, I was right. I don't. I don't go back. I don't go back. If they want to say something to me like, "Oh, hey, it turns out you were right about that," that's cool. But it's just as cool if they don't. I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter to me anymore. But I'm telling you, ten years ago, I would have been. I would have been bringing that up the rest of my life. Why? Because I felt so wrong. I needed every little bit of right I could get. And any any semblance of me being wrong was just, it was like a, a huge neon sign with fireworks that said, you are wrong. That's never going to change. So I would get so triggered at the thought of being wrong that I would be just like, uh, you know, our beloved Trump. You know, I would not, I couldn't say I'm sorry. I couldn't say I was wrong uh, or incorrect or misinformed. I, I just had, I would, I would belligerently insist I was right even when I knew I wasn't right. Crazy behavior. So now I'm just so grateful that 
it's just it's insignificant in the scheme of things so it's really looking at the times when there's a strong attachment to something and the need to, to say something the need to be right the need to make the other person wrong the need to offer advice zip it just learn to zip it it takes it takes a great willingness to start seriously zipping it you know if somebody's going to step in front of a bus then you can shout out hey watch it you know but if someone's going to buy the you know like lecturing people about organic food and all kinds of things that the ego will do just it's not necessary it doesn't help anyone it just pushes buttons it just creates a sense of um constant argument harassment and there's no love connection there so there's all kinds of opportunities you know i i um i i a few weeks ago i went out with my nephew we had a nice we had a dinner date we went to dinner in the movies we went to this greek restaurant we got this uh baklava and we brought it home to eat later and uh the next day i got up and my sister-in-law had eaten it the night before she said i hope you don't mind i ate your baklava and i was like okay sure you know it really did not bother me even a little bit i i figure when things like that happen it's god's way of saying you don't need that i took it out of your way cuz you don't need it it's not something you need if you needed it it would be there for you and i'm surprised all the time by how i oh i need to, oh and i have it i i realize oh gosh i need you know oh i meant to make that reservation i totally forgot and somebody says oh i made the reservation i'm all good oh thank you god thank you god everything works together for good there are no exceptions even when somebody finishes the ice cream and doesn't leave you a little bit we're never upset because somebody ate all the ice cream we're upset because the meaning we make of it so Laurel Let me unmute you here. Oh. I want to follow up a little on what Lori it was sharing and Yeah. Um yeah, yesterday I guess I was thinking about my over my lifetime how much self-hatred I've had which I feel like has been considerable. And I thought who who have I really been hating all this time? Who is this self that I've been beating up on and just thinking is so horrible. I mean, what came to me was it my ego was beating up on itself. Right. And and I thought so, you know, all of this has been from uh an entity that really isn't even real. Yeah. Doesn't even really have any power except for the power that I've given it. Oh my gosh. Um it just it just kind of blew my mind actually. And 
I don't know. I mean, it just, it just was a big awareness for me. Like what a big deal, like, you know, like about nothing actually. Um, it, but it felt really freeing to see it that way. Um, and, but the other thing I wanted to ask you about is how we're encouraged in, in the course to turn over uh, the control of our thoughts. And I'm just wondering, I, I, I'm new to that. And I just wonder, I mean, other than just saying that, what is that? How, is there anything else to do about that? You know, because there's, I guess, the, we're in our right mind or we're in our not right mind, right? And most of the time we're in our not right mind. We want to be in our right mind, and that would be how Jesus or God would look at something. Right. Correct? Well, and how do you know when you're in your right mind? I guess because it's a loving thought. It's something that is loving. And how do you know it's a loving thought? You feel good. That's it. That's it. Right there. So that's the thing. So, Lori, uh, in, in these situations where you're not feeling good, that's the time to stop, to pause, and give it away. Give it to the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is, known or unknown, recognized or unrecognized, all the consequences of my wrong decision. So that, that's the prayer at the end of uh, chapter five. I must have made a wrong decision because I am not at peace. And I'm giving all the consequences of my wrong decision to the Holy Spirit for healing. Thank you. And go on. And if it comes back in five seconds, I must have made a wrong decision because I'm not at peace. I'm giving all the consequences, including this upset, this agitation, this irritation, this self-hatred, whatever it is, to the Holy Spirit for healing. And the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I allow it. And I am allowing it now. I, and I like to add, so I like, I, I paraphrase that prayer because, uh, it's just a little, uh, I mean, Jesus, so much of A Course in Miracles is written in such a way that you have to stop and think about it, which is a good thing. But I think once you've really thought about it and you really get it, you can reduce it to its simplest thought, which is, I must have made a wrong decision because I'm not at peace and I can give, Give this upset to the Holy Spirit for healing, and the Holy Spirit will heal all the consequences of my wrong decision. So seriously, if my wrong decision uh, caused whatever, uh, you know, uh, uh, just whatever, all the consequences will be undone because this world is an illusion. It's... It's not carved in stone. So the consequences can be dissolved. And everything does work together for good. So it, it, our healing practice is to partner up, call for healing, and allow the healing. Allow it, allow it, allow it. 
And that's where a lot of us, we don't go all the way through the allowance. We take it off the altar. Right? Do you remember the whole thing? Uh, just one second, Dina. You remember the whole thing I did last year in, at the end of Prayer Power, which I will do next week, where I tell the story about the woman who puts the things on the altar and she keeps taking it off. She can't leave it there. She's not comfortable. Uh, she finally has to take it completely off the altar because she doesn't trust God. And she'd rather manage it herself. That's what her ego is comfortable with. So the thing that you're saying, Laurel, about the um, your ego is the ego um, the ego thought system. When we get identified with it, then what happens is we actually design this illusory identity, this false identity. And because it's false, it can never, ever make us happy. It can never, ever be uh, fulfilling. It will never be the dream that we wish it could be. It's always going to be found to be lacking. And so what the ego does is it shifts back and forth between you're better than, you're less than. You're better than, you're less than. You're better than, you're less than. And I, I used to feel like, okay, so I'm a loser, but at least I'm not such a loser that I don't know I'm a loser. <laughs> and that gave me comfort. Like, okay, yeah, I'm bad, I'm wrong, that's never going to change. But I'm not kidding myself about it. I know it, I accept it. That's how I felt. So it's that constant giving it away, giving it away. It's the 10,000 thoughts, giving them away, giving them away. Mm. Until you really get to, you've given away, let's say, just to use these round numbers, 5,001. And so now you're on that, you know, Less, you're more positive than negative in your thoughts. And then it just goes so quickly. So it, in a, I, I, I find it helpful to think about it as a numbers game. You know? Like if you knew you needed to save $3,000 and you could only save a dollar a day, and as soon as you got that $3,000, you'd be happy. Well, are you willing to save a dollar a day? Are you going to put it in the front of your attention? Are you going to spend all your money every day and then go, oh, I didn't save any money today. Uh, well, another day of misery. Wow. You know, it's, it's, um, I just, I just said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Now, 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 now. Part of it was, part of what motivated me was I, I had a glimpse of true happiness. I had a glimpse of it. And part of it was I just couldn't stand being unhappy anymore. I was tired of it. I just didn't want to spend the rest of my days feeling like a 
like I was just failing. So I decided to put the pedal to the metal. Which is why I feel prayer is so important for us, to, because prayer works. And when we start having what feels like a miraculous experience of our prayer, it encourages us. So that's why almost always when someone from Master for Living comes to me, says, I'm having a really big challenge, and I say, I haven't seen your prayer request in the Facebook group. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. And they're like, well, and they have excuses. And maybe one of you have had that conversation with me. But what's that about? Do you, do you wish to have the answer prayer or not? You have to make the prayer, the prayer request, if you'd like to have the answer prayer. Right? You can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. Dina. I do have a question, but I, I wanted to comment that I loved what you just said about the um, giving it away as a kind of like a savings account. That, that's a pretty powerful image. So it's the grueling time that we're giving away the thousand times, if I can think of it as like a savings account, I think that that'll be a helpful image. But my question is about um, this idea of undoing the consequences. Can you give um, a working example of that? Is it, are we just talking about level of the mind undoing of consequences, or is it more expansive than that, if you have a working example to share? Yeah. Well, in a very... It's really important to understand there is nothing more expansive than the mind. So that's that's number one. Uh, number two, so um, I was 48 years old when, or 47 years old, something like that, when I had that, 48 years old, when I had that experience with my father. And that was the end of all of that. So that was pretty expansive. To me, I, I had a similar but very different healing with my mother and uh, where, you know, I, I, I had all the stuff that I was holding on to. I couldn't seem to let it go. And I really, I made the decision that I was going to really let go of everything before she died and she would know I totally loved her unconditionally and that we would be at peace together. And I had a miraculous experience of healing a few months, five months before she died. And it, uh, it, for sure, it undid all the consequences of my millions of wrong decisions. And that's the thing is, the choice for love is so much more powerful than the choice for hatred. It's so much more powerful that, like, one thought of love can bounce out, I mean, thousands of thoughts of, of hatred. So that's why we can undo all this so quickly so quickly and it's just about will you love yourself enough 
to give it your attention. You know, people will say, oh, but I have so much going on. You know, like, like look at Diana, how much she has going on in her life, right? Right, Diana, you have a lot going on in your life, a lot. It's intense, right? But, but what you've shared with us is you're willing to, to the best of your ability to bring your practice to your whole life. Right. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you what you were talking about before about the revenge and the, all that that was going on with your father. I realized that I'm trying to control my son's outcome as far as his spiritual beliefs. And I just went, Oh my goodness. I, I, that is just such a big thing. I didn't really even realize it until what you were just talking about that I'm trying to manipulate this whole situation in that form. I, you know, I just didn't see that. And to be able to allow him now to be the soul that he is, the beautiful soul he is. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. See, so this is you and Tim are helping each other. It's been miraculous since last night. <laughs> it's just like click, 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 click. All these pieces are falling into place for me. Since your class last night and the, um, a couple of the things that we're doing and my talk with my prayer partner and it's just been a lot. And I've, I've been able to feel the joy, <laughs> which is like, it's been so buried. I'm so grateful. <laughs> it's just been a miracle all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just amazing. I, you know, just pieces falling into place. And I'm so grateful. Yes. Yes. Tears again. <laughs> I, I know those tears of gratitude well. I couldn't hear that. I, I said, I know those tears of gratitude well. You know, yes. So grateful that we can let go of the past. So grateful that we can change our mind, that we can see with more loving eyes, that we can just let go of our false perceptions and and uh, yeah there's nothing more um, there's nothing more to be more grateful for than than that that it's God's infinite grace it's just been an awesome awesome two days there I, I just feel like there's a big piece, you know, that this is a big thing for me. Be just able to let go. Yeah. 
Yes, it is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, to move into the space of really living in an awakened life, it's a, it's a constant relationship. Constant. Yeah. We don't have to walk away from our house and our family like uh, the apostles did, but we, we do have to let go of our attachments to what we think we need and have to have and what we think we want and what we think will make us happy. It's just so sneaky. It just yeah. keeps coming back and, and around in another form and, in a little, you know, another little thought. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've convinced ourselves that uh, we need all these things to make us happy, and yet people who have all those things aren't happy. And th we, we, we think we have to have all these things in alignment for us to be happy, but even when they line up, we're still not happy. And then that's why people kill themselves. So we blame it on, <laughs> so we blame it on you. <laughs> and it's not, it's just my thoughts still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful that it's there where I could see it. Now. I know. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's not, it's in the light of your attention, your awareness. Yeah. And learning to embrace everything, like, um, you know, just learning to really love ourselves. You know, we're, we're feeling defensive just to be like, yeah, it's okay, you're feeling defensive, it's okay. You know, I had a conversation recently with a friend who uh, had an interaction with another friend and uh, I was aware of the whole thing and my friend number one said, you know, I think I, I was a little defensive maybe. And I just said, yeah, you know, you were very defensive very defensive. But I, I didn't have any judgment about it. It didn't make me love her any less. It just was, oh yeah, no, that was very defensive. Yeah. And so my friend went, oh, kind of like, oh, that was like a direct, I'm like, well, no, no. And I said, I, I you know, it, it doesn't affect how much I love you. I don't have any opinions about it. I'm not judging you for it. But, you know, yeah, you, there's no question you were quite defensive in that moment about that, you know, and we can talk about it if you want, or we can just talk about something else, I, whatever. And uh, because I had no judgment about her judgment, we could have a conversation that was helpful. And, and um, where we both learned something, and that was great. So, you know, the tendency is when we behave in ways that we don't like is to just judge it even more and judge ourselves even more, to hide it, to bury it, to justify it, to do all those things. And so that's, we're on a path of mastery. So the path of mastery is to just love what is, you know? To learn to move out and say, oh, my gosh, I was so judgmental. I was so defensive there, you know, when I had that conversation. I can feel I was so defensive and, you know, and to be able to laugh about it and not feel bad about it. 
Um, I would like to, in the time we have here, I'd like to uh, look at the the spiritual qualities and uh, that we're we're talking about last night. So. Uh, what I was sharing in class, you'll remember this, that the spiritual qualities of God are our true nature. They are the great rays. Uh, Jesus calls them the great rays in A Course in Miracles. These spiritual qualities are our true identity, and they are the field in which we live. They're the, the field in which we dwell. So the spiritual qualities uh, are all omnipresent. So they're all everywhere all the time because they're God. They're aspects of God. And the spiritual qualities are constant, constant. So it's said in A Course of Miracles, in the teachings of Jesus, Yeshua, walking the earth, and in many teachings that we are beings of light. We are light beings. And as you've heard me say, one of the things about light is you cannot affix anything to light. So you can put a shade over it and you can block it, but you can't take the light and put something on it. You can't make the light dirty. You cannot make the light impure. That's the thing about light. Water, you can take something and put something in it, but not light. Sound, you can add all kinds of sounds in there, but not light. Light is light. You can't add anything to it. You can cover it up. You can filter it, you can block it, you can put colors in front of it and make it seem like the light is now colored, but light is light. And that's what we are. We are perfect forever. We're perfect light now and forever. We'll never be anything else. But we can put all kinds of judgments and opinions on it and make it seem as though we're not what we are. And when we do that, we create a false identity, and then we become attached to that false identity. Remember my story that I tell sometimes about, I'll just use this as a, a temporary thing, about the little dish that I'd made, right? The little dish, my little blue ceramic pot that I made that it, it, because of the way uh, I felt about it the way my parents treated it. I became identified with the dish as though it were part of me. And when I, for my, my mother seemed to treasure it for 40 some years. And then when I saw it in the garage on the way to the dump, I thought, what does that mean? Right. But only because of the meaning I'd given it that that dish represented our love and our family and our connection. But it was just an ugly little dish that I'd made that was now not desired anymore. And 
it really wasn't symbolic of anything unless I believed it was. And I did believe it was, and I was willing to let that go. But it took me a minute. I definitely went into shock when I saw that dish in the trash pile. So we're giving up all the things that we've made that are misshapen, not attractive, not that useful, not helpful, but we treasure them because we made them. We've become identified with them. We're giving them up so that we can be our true identity, which is those spiritual qualities and live in that zero state that Hugh Lynn talks about. And so that's the, when we seek first the kingdom, which is within, all else will be added unto us. Meaning that when we let go of everything that is blocking the flow of love, then when we want to manifest something, when we'd like to manifest something, we can. There's no block to it. When we'd like to be able to part the sea or, or walk on the water or turn the water to a nice uh, Merlot or something like that, we can do it. We can do it because our mind is projecting our experience and we can project what we'd like to project, what we'd like to see, what will bring benefit and be truly helpful for others. And so prayer is the medium of miracles. So we're using prayer to work with the mind. And there are many times, just so you know, there are many times when I pray and all I do is I see in my mind's eye the perfect light beingness of someone. I'm just holding it. I don't have any words. If I do have words, it might be just wholeness, perfection, all is well. I'm not making sentences. It just depends. I just, I just feel it, but it's the same thing because I'm still, I'm still in that whole energetic of the G-O-D-S prayer, that gratitude offering, declaration and sharing. It's all there in my intention. But I'm very practiced at it. I'm very practiced at it. I don't have to remember stages. You know, I'm, I'm praying constantly. So um, we're gonna look at this, um, what happened? Oh. Uh, this handout uh, that's in your your um, your journals. Uh, I believe it's page ninety in the first one, and uh, it's called Spiritual Qualities. I'm not going to read all this, but I do encourage you to read it. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> but um, when you're looking at prayer. Uh, what are the results you'd like? What are the results you'd like to have? So how, and really, how would you like to feel? Think about that. How would you like to feel? And then what is the spiritual quality you'd have to embody to have that feeling, to have that experience? And what is the behavior that, or the belief, etc., that prevents me from feeling that spiritual quality? So this is the chart here 
all of these spiritual qualities are uh, all of these spiritual qualities are omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. They're the very nature of God, the very essence of God, and of us as well. So my invitation to you now is to look at <clears throat> what what is if you think of what is this the upset that you feel the most what is the upset that you feel most frequently or that bothers you the most you can find it on the list there and then the spiritual quality that you'd like to pray to embody there and again, I said last night that uh, I'm not a guru. Don't take my word for it. Experiment. Experiment. So when I tuned in, based on my experience, my understanding, this is what I got. I didn't get this from some teaching that somebody else did. This is what I got in my direct connection. But you might get something different. And that's fine. Does this really, I was tuning in, what generally can help people? How can they, they work with it? So um, let's go to the, um, we could say the self-hatred that Laurie was talking about. Maybe you would want to call it fault finding and criticism. Those two, perhaps. Maybe for you it would be feeling separate. So you could look at that <clears throat> and see what resonates with you. And then make this practice over here in this column your focus. And we, we, we have a, a spiritual practice like this because it's self-loving. It's self-loving. So what I'd like to do in the time we have now is what <clears throat> we did um, uh, last night, which is to have a breakout and just to share amongst yourselves uh, the upset, the spiritual quality, and the practice. And how does that feel to you? Does it make sense? Jeannie? So I just have a question. I, I understand the practice because we did it last night. But what I noticed was um, when you spoke yesterday and you talked about the lipstick example, and because one of the ones that I chose was fear and doubt. And when you gave that lipstick example, you said um, you got clear, you were asking the wrong question, ask the right question, basically ask for what you want. Like, I'd like to have a lipstick that feels great or looks great. I'd like to have the perfect lipstick for me. And then you said, and I had no resistance to it. I didn't have any doubts. And that was the what you said earlier at the start of this call, the allowing part, right? There, it's like clearing out, there's no resistance. So if you don't have resistance, then we're allowing it. 
so what and since I was struggling for practices for trust and faith and it and, and for me it's this exact thing why I, the doubt keeps coming back how do you let go of the doubt so could you share what practices are for that for the doubt yeah yeah so um, is doubt not on my list here yeah it's right there uh, doubt devotion connecting with uh, your heart connecting with God I guess I was looking at a different one um, I think I was looking at fear and it was trust and faith and so what practices for trust and faith oh okay yeah you're right I have doubt uh, twice there um, well, first of all, I don't want to eat up too much of our time because then we won't have time for the breakout. But real quick, yes, in the story of the lipstick, I was saying that uh, I realized I've been asking the wrong question. I've been asking for 10 years, I was asking, why can't I find the perfect lipstick? And when I, real I heard myself say it one day and I went, that's not the right question. I just need to say, I'd like to have the perfect lipstick. And then... It was easy to manifest it. it. It practically came to me. It jumped out at me practically. So this, this is making that turn. We, we can start to listen to our mind. Are we asking the right question? So the right question might be, how can I find the perfect lipstick? But I realized, oh, I don't even need to ask a question about how to find the right. I just, I'd like to. I'd like to. And so that's what I am encouraging everyone to really like leap over uh, levels of, of exploration that many spiritual students go through. Just leap right over it and say, I'd like to have it. I'd like to have it. I'm willing to have it. I'm, and, and then the thing is, is will you allow the answer prayer? And I gave the example of I was sitting in an airport in Dusseldorf two weeks later and I got my intuition was to go into the um, duty-free store and look around. But I've been in those duty-free stores in many airports. I've been in so many airports and there's nothing in there for me. I don't need to go in there. There's, you know, as far as I was thinking, there's makeup, there's perfume, there's candy, there's cigarettes, there's alcohol. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. But I got the nudge again, the still small voice, go look, go look in the duty free. So I went because I've learned to follow the guidance. Why pray for guidance if you're not going to follow it? I've done that so many times, prayed for it, not followed it, and then went, ah, I could have had a VA, right? So, um, of course, I found the perfect lipstick in there. And... But I wasn't looking for it, meaning that's not why I went in there. And it's, I wasn't going to stores and looking for it. So I'm really glad you brought that up, Jeannie, because it is a very, very valuable lesson. And you can all learn from my learning. So the other thing is trust and faith. When I went into the... Uh, duty-free store, I was in trust. 
listening to the still small voice is how we trust. We can't trust the ego. So when someone's ego is trying to convince us of something, we don't put our trust in people's egos, put our trust in the still small voice, put our trust in love. Start looking for how can you trust love? How can you trust the still small voice? When the temptation is to be defensive or attacking and instead relaxing, that's trusting that you're safe, even though the environment feels unsafe. Does it make sense? Yeah. So with my, so if I'm working on exactly this building trust, then would one of my prayers also be, um, Show me, I'd like to see demonstrations of listening to my voice. I'd like to know. Yes. Okay. I would also strongly recommend to you that you go back to last year and re-listen to the module on building trust and faith. Okay. Four weeks of classes. We're going to do it again, but why wait? <laughs> okay, thank you. Why wait? Act now and you can have it all. All right, so we're gonna. I'm gonna unmute everyone. We're gonna go into a. Um, you know what? I'm gonna because of the time. I'm gonna do a breakout with two people. Um, where's that thing? All right. Um, Oh, wait. All right, here we go. Let me unmute everyone. I've muted you out. I'm sorry. Um, just because we're, we're past our time here. So this is the practice for you. You know, it's, you know, in life, it can seem we get many people are so convinced that they're powerless that they don't bother, which is why they just watch TV. And, and I used to do that, too. It's just a, so convinced that uh, I can't move the mountain. But we don't have to move the mountain. The mountain will be moved for us. We do have to be willing to let the mountain go. We have to be willing to let the mountain go. We have to be willing to see that the mountain is a false construct that has no power. But if we believe in the mountain, it's like when they train elephants you know, early on, they put a big chain on them and then just a little bit of rope will hold them in place that they can easily walk away from. Because in their mind, they're not free anymore. So they don't even try. So we're breaking those bounds. 
and spirit is doing the heavy lifting. So this is why I share with you my stories because I just, what my miraculous healings have come from my great, great desire to let the mountain go. All right. Well, I, I it, it, anyone who misses a breakout, you know, is not here for a breakout, go over the breakout topics with your prayer partners. It's really worth doing, having those conversations. It's so much comes to mind when we join together and go over these things. It helps us release a sense of shame and otherness when we can talk like when Lori shared and almost everybody raised their hand and they were in agreement. They could understand. They knew how she felt. They'd been there too. So that's helpful to all of us. That's what prayer partnership is so helpful for. Uh, all right. So we, we um, I'll just mention, we do not have class next week, um, uh, but we will have class the week after. And um, which will be uh, April 4th, I think it is. And um, actually, uh, I don't think we are going to have class at exactly the same time. I'm going to be in Germany or Poland at that time. And uh, it's six hours ahead so it'd be one o'clock in the morning so i'm just looking at how we can exactly do that class but we will have a class that week it's just it might um be earlier or it might be um on uh in place of a saturday community call every now and then i just flip them and so we might be doing that either the Saturday before or after. So stay tuned. I'll make that announcement shortly. And yeah. All right. Let's take this breath of love and gratitude and so grateful for our healing. So grateful for the power of prayer working in our lives. So grateful for our willingness to let the past go. So grateful for the Holy Spirit guiding us, never leaving us, always with us. So glad that we are never alone. We can feel alone or think we're alone, but we never are actually alone. So grateful to give all the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. So grateful to call forth the awareness of the truth that we desire. We're calling forth a true liberation and we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Great class. Love you so much.